Hello, and welcome to the Allies Podcast, where we sit down and talk about how we approach combating human trafficking in our city and why we think healthy relationships and empowered leadership are the keys to it all. Jess, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well. <laughs> I've had a lot of coffee. I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm sitting with two friends this morning, so it makes yeah. me happy to be here. Yeah. So I feel like you and I both have a lot of travel coming up. We do. And I love traveling. I love being in airports. I love watching people. It's just so interesting. It's like being at the state fair. I feel like those two places, everybody goes to the state fair, everybody goes to the airport, and there's all kinds of people, and they're all like, it's just so fun to people watch. I, I love, love that. I hate <laughs> the airport. Really? I hate it. Why? Everything, well, I don't want to just start this off by complaining, but everything's so expensive well, yeah. and... I usually fly like the cheapest airline too, mm-hmm. yeah. so there's always little bumps in the road, mm-hmm. and I just wish I could magically transport. <laughs> well, that would be nice, but there is something lovely about traveling, and then there's like the anticipation of like, once I get on the plane, I'm going to arrive at a new destination, and there's that feels magical to me. I don't know. I really like it. Wow. We have such different <laughs> experiences. <laughs> I am going to start... Just texting you and calling you when I'm traveling, and you can just tell me what's so good about it. And maybe my attitude will change. That'll be good. Go. That's what friends are for. That's right. <laughs> hey, Caitlin here with the Allies Podcast, and we are in our fall giving campaign, The Ripple Effect. And it has been so encouraging to hear everyone's stories in and around allies of the ripple effect of the anti-trafficking work. And today we are sitting down with a dear friend and it is so cool to see how her journey in anti-trafficking advocacy has intersected with allies. And when I think of the ripple effect of what we're doing, she is certainly a perfect example. And what we're really talking about with the ripple effect, you know, it starts with something small. So just like in our last podcast, we talked with the Ranieri's and we talked about with Kara, how she was mentoring others. And then Rachel became our intern and it turned into Kara being a mentor with allies and being involved in donating. And those all started with relationship and with conversations and the ripple effect has been direct service to a girl who is a survivor of trafficking. That is certainly a ripple effect. And I am so excited to dive in today with our dear friend and hear the ripple effect because she's doing some amazing work. So Jess, do you want to tell us a little more about Laura? I do. I love Laura. I'm so glad she's here today. Guys, I was thinking about this on the way over. Okay, so do you know when you've had like a horrible day, it's just been like nuts, and you go home and you like get into your comfy clothes and you wrap up in your blanket and you like get on your couch and you have your like warm drink. That is how I feel after I've left Lara Coonrod. <laughs> I just Amazing. always yeah. feel like better after I have hung out with her. Like I've been hugged for sure. <laughs> I've been affirmed. There's like good eye contact. There's like, you know, I just always feel like I've been seen and loved on 
by her. And so I'm so glad. I know. <laughs> I just so I love you. And two days in a row. I, I got know. To see you yes, yesterday it's been so and great. today. So I'm excited to have you here because um, excited to be here. There's been a lot. There's been a long journey with yeah. you mm-hmm. um, through allies, but then even before. And mm-hmm. I'm just excited for people to hear about your journey. Yeah. And I really think it will be inspiring for people to see like. It didn't happen overnight. It's no. been these kind of small yeses, these mm-hmm. small steps that have led you here. Mm-hmm. And there's been like ripple effects and impact along the way. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to dive in I'm to those to things. Be here. Thanks and for I'm, having me. I know we're going to get into this, but Laura's current job, what is your current title? My current title is Chief Community Officer. Okay. At mm-hmm. Grit into Grace. Grit Grace, yes. And so for those who listened to Stephanie Jeffers episode, Laura and Stephanie work very closely together. We and do. so that episode is a great one to pair with this one yes. as well. Yeah. Yes. We love Stephanie mm-hmm. too. Okay. So let, take us back to the beginning. What was your first interaction with anti-trafficking work? And let's kind of like journey, you know, through, through those years. Yep. So my first interaction with anti-trafficking work was right after college, I'm trying to think, was it right after college? Maybe it was a couple of years after college, but I spent some time overseas. So I was in Nepal and India and worked with another nonprofit in India that actually worked with getting women out of the red light district. So providing them a different a different job, basically. Mm-hmm. And so that was my first encounter with it. And I wouldn't say it was like close. I, mean, I was there. I like worked alongside those women. What they're doing is really wonderful. And I was so grateful to be a part of it. But I, I walked away from that experience not thinking like, oh, this is what I'm going to get involved in. So, But that is where I was probably first introduced to it, which I think a lot of people think that's where it happens, which it does happen there. Mm-hmm. But um, I have learned a lot beyond that. But that is where my sort of first encounter with do you want to share yeah, a little bit about that organization? Give them like a little shout sure, out. Sure, yeah, I'll totally give them a shout out. And the organization is sorry, sorry, Bari. So it's s a r i b a r i dot com. If you want, they make beautiful products. So they still train women that coming out of the red light district in Calcutta, and they train them to create products. So they take saris, which is what women in India wear, and they they repurpose them basically into something new. And so they make blankets and bags and coin purses and all kinds of wonderful things and every article that they make has the woman's name on it so you can see wow. who actually made the product and I I know that you you know there's lots of people doing similar kind of fair mm-hmm. trade sort of things but I can tell you I've been there they're doing really quality work and they really treat their women the women so so wonderfully in terms of just like educating them and just like financially and just kind of a really full picture and I just really appreciate that so and their product is beautiful and quality too mm-hmm. so it's really you can't can't lose. So mm-hmm. yeah, they are really wonderful. So they're worth checking out. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Okay, so you had that experience yeah. overseas. You're back here trying to figure out what you're gonna do with your life. Yeah, and I started. At, I went to become a teacher's aide. That's made sense, yeah. right? Yeah. So I w- was a teacher's aide for a while and just felt like this feels like is this what I'm supposed to do? Like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I want to do. And I was in my like mid twenties then. So it wasn't like I was fresh out of college. I'd like had some experience. I was in Chicago. I was, so I'd, I'd done a couple different things, but I just sort of felt like I still was just like, I don't know. I don't know. And so I was with a school or with that school. And then I was an after school program director and was still kind of just figuring things out. And I was told to go to a, right. Someone recommended going to a 
like a life coach kind of a thing, mm-hmm. uh, a career coach, that kind of a thing to like ask questions. And so I was like, well, what do I have to lose? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did. And basically he told me like, he's like, I think you know yourself a little bit better than you think you do. Oh. And I was like, okay. And, but he said, I think that what could be interesting is for you to just you know, do internships or try something here or there. And he actually had a connection with Courtney, who used to work for Allies back in the day. And that's how I got you. Did you even know that? Your face I, is telling know, me like, I don't, I don't know. know. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it was Sam. Anyway, connection with someone who was here at Allies and knew that they had internships and was just like, you know what? Like, what do you, what do you think? Like, maybe you should just try, mm-hmm. try that. And mm-hmm. so... I did. So yeah. I became an intern with Allies in 2000, and I should have thought about this before. It's been eight <laughs> years ago, probably. Eight, nine years ago, More maybe. Than that, yeah. Uh-huh. So the summer of, I don't know, I can't do that that quickly. Anyone? <laughs> nine years? <laughs> nine, nine years, years ago. ago. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah so I became, became an intern with Purchased back then. Yeah, so what, it, what was your role as an intern? What did you do? I, varying degrees of things. I feel like I did like office things, you know, typical intern kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, We, I did events, like would do the tables at Mm -hmm. events and things like that. And then I, you just reminded me, you know, we, you were speaking at a camp. So I would sometimes go and like when people were speaking on behalf of allies, I would join and listen in. So it was kind of those kinds of things. It was just a couple, it wasn't a lot of hours, Mm -hmm. um, but it was just a, it's an introduction to what was happening in the States, I guess. And so Mm -hmm. then from there, we had you go be trained in My Life, My Choice, right? That yeah. was the next step. Yep. So you, I, I actually went, now that you mentioned the camp experience, I, when I went there, I thought like, because Jessica was speaking to youth, it was a camp you went to, right? Yeah. As a child. When I grew up going yeah. to. Yeah. Shout out to Fairmount Camp. Yeah. <laughs> West, <laughs> yeah. Camp. Yeah. And so when I was sitting there, I thought like, oh, I love that. Like I would love to, like it was just really good. And it was like, I felt like it really gave a picture of what Allies was hoping to do in terms mm-hmm. of like education and just thought it was just did a great job and I thought like I would love to do to to be involved in more of that part of allies I think is and back then there wasn't a lot of I mean it was more education than yeah, anything it was. and so yeah I, I actually think it was the next day after I was at the camp that you you just said hey can we grab lunch which she first introduced me to Yats, first experience at Yats. Oh, that was my first time. See, anyway, I shout out to Yats as well. Yeah, so if we anything, went to Yats. I've, I've given <laughs> you, it's been Yats. Yes, yeah. And so we went to Yats, and what you said, what that conversation was, was like, hey, I know I haven't known you very long, but what I see in you is like we're looking for people to train, to be trained in my life, my choice. Because at that point, it was just her and Sam. There were just mm-hmm. two, and it was growing. And so she asked me to like pray about it, like think about it. And I, in my head, was like, this is exactly what I was like, hoping would yeah. happen in terms of like, oh, this this is the way I could do what I thought. Oh, I'd love to do that. I didn't say that right away. I was like, yeah, I'll pray about it. Like in my spirit, I'm like, oh no, I really want to do that. Or just feel it really like, yes, that's, yes, that's the direction I should go. And so I don't know how long it took. I probably didn't take very long for me to be like, yeah, I want to do that. And so that was that fall then. Mm-hmm. Um, Put you on a plane with Sarah. Yeah, who I had met. no idea. Who now is one of your dearest friends. Dearest friends, <laughs> yeah. And it was a super fun weekend in Boston. So yeah, I got trained in my life, my choice, and I think had our started our first class the January following that. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that will be eight years in January. Wow, yeah, that's so fun. Yeah. So, talk about that experience teaching my life, my choice, like what that did <clears throat> in your heart and what yeah. the ripple effect even of that was. Yeah, and I and again, I just sort of like jumped in. I I mm-hmm. mean, this is not a part of my background. Like, I don't I 
didn't know this was the direction I was headed. It was just sort of like, you know, just doing the next thing. Like, here's the, right. the next open door. Like, this is where I feel like God is like, yes, that's, that's, it. that's it. That's next. And, um, yeah, so I, my life, my choice really was educational for me to, mm-hmm. to start. And because I thought like, who am I? Like, I do not know. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I've never done any work like this. I've never really worked with people with extensive trauma, you know, so it was a little, it was humbling for sure. But yeah, so my life, my choice was a, I still love it. I think it's a really wonderful curriculum and it has been so valuable for me in my life and also for, I know for the women that have sat in the class as well. And, but yeah, it, and so I think I did at least one group every year, at least Mm -hmm. maybe two. So, I mean, that's eight, at least eight groups. So that's 80 at least 80 girls and so I yeah probably but I just and so sometimes I think about that and I think wow and I think that the thing that I recognized in doing it is that and I talk about this Stephanie and I actually talk about this at work it's like it's really hard work but it isn't and so it's just like if you can show up and listen and and be authentic and love it it works. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's what I found even in my life, my choice, like in facilitating, cause I thought, who are, who am I like mm-hmm. for them to listen to me? Like mm-hmm. they've had experience way beyond like what I have ever experienced. So who am mm-hmm. I to speak into that? Or who right. am I to teach or who am I, you know, fill in the blank. And yeah, but I, but what I realized is that, you know, they, and this is true overall, like with the women I serve now, it's like, we are just, we are women. We, we are, we have different stories, but mm-hmm. we all desire and long for very similar things. And that's connection and to yeah. be heard and to be seen and to be validated and to be spoken truth to, and to be, you know, like mm-hmm. for all of those things to happen. And, and I think that's what I found even in the midst of those, my life, my choice groups that were hard. And I've heard some of the most unbelievably hard things I've ever heard from them and they're like 14 Mm -hmm. you know and and yet like they're resilient and funny and I feel like I they we I think we often say this Mm -hmm. too you know they teach us I feel like so much more than we teach them but the but my life my choice and showing up week to week mattered Mm -hmm. and there have been and actually my life, my choice, and some relationships that were continued as a result of that is one of the reasons that the mentorship program happened mm-hmm. was because it was like, here we have 10 girls who connect with us and they're like, we want to stay in touch. And we're thinking, we can't do that. Like <laughs> we want to, but uh-huh. we cannot, we don't have the capacity right. to give them what they deserve, mm-hmm. but every one of them yeah. needs someone. someone. And so that's where mm-hmm. the mentorship Kind of the idea was like, oh, maybe we should do something about this. Yeah, because they've got people. They were the ones that we were doing my life, my choice with were in residential, right? right. So they yeah. have staff, therapists, all right. these people. But it was very special. I there were many times when the girls would be like, "This is different. Mm-hmm. Like no one paid. Like you're right. not paid to right. be like." Or, you know, you're not here because you have to be. It's right. like, well, no, we want to be. We're not yeah. part of the system. Yeah. We're not on your case. No. Like we just see you and want to be with you and that mm-hmm. just being present like what mm-hmm. you were saying was so powerful yeah and it, the content's good very they good. learned things mm-hmm. there were the curriculum was excellent mm-hmm. but I think what we saw the most important thing was that we were willing to be there every week with mm-hmm. them and no one else was doing that because they just wanted to no and I think too that you know it's 10 weeks and, and it's an hour and a half every mm-hmm. week so I mean that's not very much time to, and then, and in that period of time, what they in turn gave us because of the trust build and because of showing up 
was amazing. And I just think that's not a lot of time mm-hmm. to give. And so Illuminate 2022, mm-hmm. we had where we really highlighted all of our programs, My Life, Be- My Choice being mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. And you and Sarah did a great job mm-hmm. of you know, telling our supporters what that looks like. Yeah. But for someone listening who isn't familiar with My Life, My Choice, mm-hmm. maybe you, Laura, or Jess could give like you've given, you know, 10 weeks, mm-hmm. it's an hour and a half, but what does that content, what are you doing with them for that hour and a half a week for 10 weeks? The thing that keeps them coming back is the snacks. And we even brought a toaster in and did pop tarts. That's what we That's would do. Yeah. And they loved it. That. Yeah, we did. It is. It's, so it's 10 weeks to- topical. So it does talk about sex trafficking. It talks about the main ways that a pimp would recruit. It talks about what is a pimp. It talks about self-esteem. Trust, healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of those kind of go in depth, I would say, but and they this, kind of build on each other. And this is in an inpatient care facility, which yeah. what, for people listening, what does an inpatient care facility look like? Yeah, the one that I was in most was very hospital-like is what I would say, very right. sterile. I mean, even the halls are very, it just feels very sterile. Plastic chairs, you know, everything is very locked up because of just the nature of what some of the girls are struggling with. But yeah, that's what I would say. Like, I mean, there's like a nursing station. It just feels very much like a hospital hall. And what would have a girl being in an inpatient care unit? I know all their stories are different. Sure. Most of the ones there would would have been court-ordered there. And it, typically, it would not have been for trafficking. Rarely was it for trafficking, at least mm-hmm. when I was doing it. More so for, like, being a runaway or... Um, Drug use. Yeah, drug use. Those were probably some of the main ones. Self-harm, if it was really extensive. But yeah, most of the women or the young women there were court-ordered there, and those would be the reasons. But then, which is true of many stories, is as you dig in, you know, you can, you begin to learn some of the other stories, and some of those girls then were either had been trafficked or were at high risk of being trafficked. That's so. what I was going to say. From what I understand, a lot of the girls who are we're in are in the inpatient care units. We're not there for trafficking. Correct. But as you were digging into my life, my choice, they were able to self-identify and say, I didn't know this, mm-hmm. but I was trafficked. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to get them extra services mm-hmm. that really helped and walked alongside them in that specific trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that the self-identification is it's a really sobering thing to witness, mm-hmm. but it, but my life, my choice does do a good job of just putting some language and pictures to like they that has happened to them but it was normal and so when you talk about it as something different it's like oh I didn't know that was different Mm -hmm. and I think that yes it helped us get them connected but I also my hope is that it helped them then in their own therapeutic like Mm -hmm. you know services that they now have something to they can walk through some of those things and come out Mm -hmm. on the other side. So let's let's get back to your journey. Mm-hmm. That was like a nice rabbit trail to go Great. down. <laughs> let's hop back. Still relevant, right? Still relevant. <laughs> so <clears throat> you and Sarah, newly formed besties, yeah. were facilitating My Life, My mm-hmm. Choice. Kind of what was next after that? Yeah, so My Life, My Choice wasn't full-time, so I still was working other jobs. So I actually worked for Saribari for a period of time on the state side with 
so with our product. And then I worked for, I was an after school program director as well. And I worked for allies, you know, typical nonprofit, yeah. you know, work. I need, I worked all three. So I, um, yeah, so I did my life, I started my life at choice. So I was on staff doing that. And I, the other jobs continued for me. I mean, I probably did all of those for a couple years and would just be involved with allies through my life, my choice and meetings and things like that. And, and then a part of the process of like developing other things for allies. So the mentorship program. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. sitting in on those conversations and, um, and I think we have clear pictures of being at Sarah's dining yep. room table and table. just like talking uh-huh. through things and did some trainings with allies on mentorship and creating some of that curriculum. And so I continued my involvement with allies grew and my other jobs were consistent and then kind of transitioned all at the same time. Yeah. And so you kind of had kind of the transition to your next job happened because of yeah. the tea that you got. Absolutely. So yes. kind of share that. Yeah. So crazy. Our, so the first class, the first My Life, My Choice class that Sarah and I taught, there was a young woman in that class. And that, again, that was eight, I think eight years ago in January, that just was one that we early on, we would say, if you want to stay connected to us, you need permission from your case manager or for us to like continue to talk to you after class or whatever. And and many of them would want to, but wouldn't follow through. Mm -hmm. And there was this one particular girl in this group though, that did that. And that said that asked for permission and if that we could stay in touch. And so we did. And we did another class in the same residential and she was still there. And so we would sort of maintain relationship there. And then she ended up getting out of residential and anyway, we maintained, we have maintained relationship with her for eight years, eight years. And wow. so she is, so and that journey has been very, like, it has taught me so many things and it has allowed me to grow in things that I never would have, could have been taught mm-hmm. in a class or something mm-hmm. like that. But she really let me in up close and personal into her own life and just part of her own healing journey that it was just, it has been a really big honor to be a part of that mm-hmm. and to then continue to know her. And we've had our ups and downs and it's not been easy and consistent, but I'm grateful for the, even the grace for her towards me mm-hmm. just in learning because it's not, I haven't always done it well. And so, but yeah, it's, and so she through, I mean, she ended up in a different facility year a couple years later and and ended up meeting actually Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Stephanie became a mentor to her and I ended up like bringing this girl to meet with Stephanie and anyway, that's how Stephanie and I crossed paths and then we were in a team meeting actually for this young lady and Stephanie and I both were there kind of like oh, wow. so it's like how just we were all part of this what's happening next mm-hmm. and I, th- I don't know how quickly Stephanie called me after that meeting but fairly quick <laughs> to say Hey, I'm starting this thing. <laughs> Do you want to be a part of it? Yeah. And so, yeah, so so ripple effect. Talk uh, about like year. I mean, and that was years. I mean, that's probably was 6 5 or 6 years of knowing and walking with this young woman to meeting Stephanie mm-hmm. and then that leading to the job that I hold now actually. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, I mean, if I had not I don't know how I would have gotten there had I not yeah. started mm-hmm. and continued in a relationship um with this young woman, but Yeah, so that's how I ended up where I am now, which is with Grit into Grace, which is also anti-trafficking work, just working with adult women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what's your role in that organization? Probably so many things. Yeah, so I have touched every role. I was hired as a case manager, and then as we've grown, I was a program director, and now now I am. Stephanie has made me partner and 
chief community officer. So that is basically community connections. I, I do a lot of connecting to other organizations or partners in the community, MOUs, making sure we're, you know, we're just working well together. I also am in charge of our staff at Grit and Degree. So just making sure, you know, staff culture and things like that are good and moving and growing. And so, yeah, leadership is a a whole different (laughs) ball game, but Mm -hmm. I, yeah, it's stretching me and growing me in ways that other things have not. And so, yeah, so that's what I'm doing now though. Caitlin here. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And as you know, we are in the midst of our fall giving campaign, The Ripple Effect. Our goal for the fall giving campaign is $25,000. And as you heard Laura talk about, it's saying yes and doing the next right thing. And that has huge payoff. So if you are feeling led, I encourage you to please give to the Ripple Effect campaign, and you can do so on our website at allies-inc.org slash donate. And I want to make sure to thank some of our sponsors, the Blue Butterfly, which is our partner for job training. We also want to thank Flourish Indie, who just had us, and we were able to speak to a room of 200 women about mentorship and donating. I also want to give a shout out to Southeast Project, which is an amazing church in the area that is also so supportive. So if you individually or your church or company so feels led, we would love to talk to you about getting involved in our fall campaign, The Ripple Effect. So Laura, you have had quite the journey Mm -hmm. with anti-trafficking work. It sounds to me like you just took small steps, Mm -hmm. the next right thing. Mm -hmm. So what is your advice to those who want to get involved with anti-trafficking work? Yeah, that it is the next right thing, which I say that knowing that sometimes when I hear that, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, (laughs) you know, what is the next right thing? And I wasn't necessarily looking for something that was next, but I think for me, it just happened. Yeah. I just kind of did, I just did the next thing and what was put before me or what was the door that was open or it was like, what do I have to lose? I can just, I can just try. Right. And so, yeah, I would, I would really encourage people to do that. I mean, I, I started by, you know, intern, interning. So to me, though, that could also be like volunteering. If you can give some time, even in small ways, like mm-hmm. even just to be around people who are doing the work. Like mm-hmm. I know like people might think that small, like cleaning out the, I don't know, the storage closet that, <laughs> that the staff never gets to. I mean, I can't tell you how much those kinds of things yeah. weigh on me, but I don't have time to do them. Right. And so when volunteers come in and do that kind of stuff and are just are around the atmosphere and the conversations, it matters. And I think sometimes those things can lead to just sort of a more defined role for you. Like whether that's like, you know, I really want to get in and get like hands on, like I want to be on the front lines or maybe not. Maybe it's like, you know what, that was enough for me and I'm going to pray and, uh, or I'm going to give money or I'm going to like, there are lots of ways to to enter into the anti-trafficking work and it isn't always in person up front and that's okay. But I think that, um, yeah, but I think that getting involved and kind of being around a reputable organization that's doing the work just to get an idea of what it is. I didn't know what it was, you know? I didn't what does that mean? I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so it had to start for me with 
with just stepping into it. And so I, I think maybe my, if, if there's anything stirring in you that says like, Oh, that's intriguing. Or I want to know more, or I don't even know what that means. Or maybe even that I'm so afraid, even if that's what you're feeling. Yeah. Like, I think that it might, I might, that might be a, a reason to just take a step mm-hmm. and maybe just check, check it out. Like just see, see what it is because you can always start something and if, and figure out, Oh, that's not for me but you haven't lost anything and really you've gained something because you have a greater knowledge of something you didn't know about before. Yeah. Yeah. And we touched on this in our first podcast in the series of the ripple effect, but like you said, volunteering, donating, those things Mm -hmm. are so important Mm -hmm. to our organization. Mm -hmm. And we really do appreciate every single donor, every single volunteer, Mm -hmm. every single mentor. Mm -hmm. And I think I often hear people say like, I don't, I don't want to get involved unless I can be all in. And we we love that. We mm-hmm. want people to be all in. But if people feel on their heart, you know what, I want to do something. Mm-hmm. And right now what I can do is mm-hmm. $5 a right. month. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that is huge. Mm-hmm. That is doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is because it allows the people who are able to do the work to do it. You right. know, who have that capacity right now, who are involved and and it does matter. I mean, I just was telling a story. There's a, we just, Sarah actually just ran into a girl we had in our class eight years ago in a grocery store here in wow. Indy. And, and she's now coming, she's of age and she's going to come to the dream house, which is grit into grace. And, and I just think like, you know, keeping all of those parts, keep allies going like donations, yeah. volunteering, mm-hmm. all of those. And I think like, if we hadn't been there for that girl, like or hadn't, she hadn't sat through the class and hadn't had that connection. And, yeah. and then I just think like, this is eight years later, right? you know, and how cool is that? Like, and so I think, yes, every part matters, like, because all the parts make the whole, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you so much for sharing, Laura. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful to hear how you kept on saying yes, mm-hmm. just the right right next thing the Mm -hmm. right next thing Mm -hmm. and you're in this work full time and I love it who knew not me (laughs) right (laughs) and to think of the wake that all of the lives that have been affected by Mm -hmm. you just showing up Mm -hmm. you know there's some some more significant than others Mm -hmm. like this mentee that you've been walking with Mm -hmm. some just for 10 weeks Mm -hmm. but then they show up eight years later I know but like just to think of all of the lives impacted Mm -hmm. because of those yeses from you it's beautiful yeah it's been an honor really Well, it's truly, I mean, I'm certainly inspired after that conversation, but we always end the show with what has been inspiring you lately. And I have to say, my husband, Max, it's just been a busier season than usual. I mean, this end of year is always a little nutty at nonprofits, Mm -hmm. so it's just been a little crazy, and he has really stepped up with making sure our household is running, things are moving with dishes and laundry and all of the mundane. And so that is inspiring to me, just his servant leadership in our home for sure. Laura, what has been inspiring you lately? I was saying that this is maybe a little bit weird, but what's been inspiring me is when there have been a couple of people in my life recently who have really shown up like authentically with Mm. their full range of feelings. And I think in working with people coming out of trauma, feelings were something that was not, we learned not to do, right? Yeah. And so I think that I just, there's just such, even though feelings are not always fun to feel, it is so beautiful to be allowed in spaces 
where feelings come out Mm -hmm. and where feelings that have needed to be felt for a long time Mm -hmm. are fully felt. And so, but in, in walking that out, it inspires me to do, to do that too. It's an invitation. Like why hold it in Mm -hmm. when you have safe people to let it out with? And so, but yeah, that, that is what is inspiring me is watching people be brave enough to do that with me. That's so great. I was thinking this morning, what's inspiring me is my mama. She has a big birthday coming up this weekend. Mm. I'm not going to share which big birthday, but it's a big one. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, mama. (laughs) And I am inspired by her that she, at her age, is still so youthful. And I mean, she she and my dad, they watch the boys a couple days a week and they're running around, crawling around on the floor, doing the floor is lava, you know, (laughs) jumping around, riding bikes. Like she just has such a youthfulness about her and doesn't let, you know, her age stop her. And Mm -hmm. I want to be like that when I grow up, Mm -hmm. you know? So she's been inspiring me, especially thinking about this milestone for Mm her. So I love it. So great. Thank you for joining us for the Allies podcast. We hope you left inspired and empowered to take action. I'm Jess. And I'm Caitlin. See See you next time. time.